0: Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus.
1: I'm Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. You may know me as the person who just taught thousands of people that Cisco is named after San Francisco, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is someone I've known a very long time, John Chambers, the former CEO and chairman of Cisco. He worked there for 26 years, stepping down as executive chairman just last year in 2017. He's also the author of a new book called Connecting the Dots, Leadership Lessons in a Startup World. John, welcome to Rico Deco.
2: Kara, okay, it's a pleasure to be with Thank you, you again.
1: Thank you. You've been on stage with me at All Things D, I think, was when we were doing that. And oh, yeah. That's met when many we predicted
2: time. that voice would be free. Voice would be free. Right. That's right. Oh, my God. I think, was, when industry. was that?
1: Ten years ago. Probably, uh,
2: it's more than, that, more than that, 14.
1: Right. So let's talk a little bit about what you're... Let's give your background for people who don't know you. You, sure. you ran Cisco, which was one of the most important companies. Mm-hmm. I think we met during AOL days. Remember when they had that oh, outage yes, and blamed Steve. it on your... Yes. yes, blamed it on Cisco...
2: Well, it, you know, it's it? like any outage. Uh, yeah. You know, a company can deal with their mistakes and right. step up to it, and right. we solve the problems. Yeah. And oddly enough, the customers who support you the best are usually the ones that have had problems and yeah. you work through, so they yeah, end
1: up being we met. a great it was partner. During that outage, because yeah. we talked for my book on AOL. Yes, we did. Um, so talk about you were at Cisco for twenty six years. Talk about that for people who don't understand what that was. You well, built it was a term. rush.
0: It
2: was. you know, and to give you just a little bit of background, in total, I started straight out of school after about nine and a half years in college. Mm-hmm. A slow learner. If you will <laughs> went to IBM saw saw the mainframe era and then as mainframes gave way to mini computers I was at Wang Laboratories and then as many computers yeah. uh, went to PCs and the internet I went to Cisco, so I've had the chance to see all the major technology trends and then mm-hmm. going into today's world from the internet to the digital world mm-hmm. to artificial intelligence at Cisco it was a rush mm-hmm. uh, joining the company when it had 70 million in sales and 400 people and and growing the company explain what, what it, it did, great,
1: did then what it was started well it,
2: in very simple terms that allowed networks to be able to talk to each other, primarily in universities, et cetera. And it's really the geeks that the it. Because
1: that's where that was happening. The internet was happening.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what I saw at Cisco was a chance to make this mainline. Mm-hmm. And when we said Cisco and the internet would change the way the world works, lives, learns, and mm-hmm. plays, early 90s, people thought we were out in left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it turned out, it did. But you and were
1: making the... Con- Explain what you in a very simple way what you all make. What it allows the is the
2: the it's the backbone. And it's the stoplights that mm-hmm. move data around the world to get mm-hmm. your data from wherever you start it to it ends up in the right location. Mm-hmm. And then we moved from just making the backbone, the routers, into switching. Did acquisitions in Silicon Valley. We were the, the ones that wrote the textbook on how to do acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Then we moved into voice over the internet and video over the internet. Then into data center. Then into security and mm-hmm. collaboration. And so it was an honor being part of growing the company from 70 million in sales to 48 billion, Mm -hmm. 400 people Mm -hmm. to uh, about 75,000 people. Mm -hmm. Uh, We won most of the top financial awards in terms mm-hmm. of market capitalization and sharing that with employees and also the top corporate uh, social responsibility awards from so What, what, the we, what Cisco
1: did though was really, it was the sort of the quieter member, like the big companies like Yahoo and eventually mm-hmm. Google and others got all the attention because they were the consumer facing but mm-hmm. Cisco really was the background We
2: of- were the ones that made it work for business right. and we were business focused on it and for a brief time we were the most valuable company in the world mm-hmm. and uh, we, we took technology and said here's how it's going to change the way you work, live, learn, and play. And mm-hmm. and we had a blast doing mm-hmm. it.
1: So you did how many acquisitions over the course?
2: 180. Mm-hmm. honored to be a lot of the textbooks written about it. Oracle mm-hmm. would say they model their acquisition right. model right. after us. And now acquisitions are a logical way to grow, care, as you know. But back in the 90s, yeah. almost all of them failed. Right. So we said, how are we going to do it differently? And we began to do something that refers to a little bit that I'm trying to teach now, mm-hmm. is get a replicatable innovation playbook for anything you do. Right. Whether it's how you do acquisitions and studying why most of them fail and what are you going to do differently, how you digitize a country, how you're number one or number two in every product area you go into, 18 major products. No company's mm-hmm. ever done that before right. or since right. low barriers to entry. And we had a lot of fun doing it. There's also no substitute, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, being in this industry uh, for a number of years and being in the right spot at the right time. Right, so, right, I absolutely. So, I mean, that's huge advantages. Yeah. So,
1: where is Cisco now? What is happening? I mean, obviously, you tried, you moved into voice, you moved mm-hmm. into... Video and different things like that. You also tried to move into media that didn't work. That didn't work quite as well. That some of the media stuff you all did. There were so many products that Cisco uh-huh. had that that. Were,
2: well, yes. So, and by the way, uh, what Cisco does, and, and one of the important things on the transition to the new leadership mm-hmm. is I watched why most of these companies failed in right. leadership. And the co- these the CEO who brought them from a very small company to a very large company right. has to be very careful in the transition to the next leader. And as you know, the industry's littered. Most all of mm-hmm. them have failed. Mm-hmm. And so when we decided to make that transition at Cisco, we said, we want to do this in a way others have not. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be a Harvard casebook study. We were mm-hmm. too close to Stanford. People would have said mm-hmm. home cooking mm-hmm. and it was and we did a very smooth transition but part of it was also once that transition was over to give the reins to the new leadership and to step away mm-hmm. and it's their company to run and so mm-hmm. I deliberately have not been involved uh, in that and I really don't I uh, comment in terms of where the Back company is.
1: Where- Talk about that transition for you because you were Cisco pretty much. You were well, it was an honor this. because yeah.
2: I hired every, everyone except 23 people in the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. We moved from a single product company to 18 products. Mm-hmm. We created 10,000 millionaires in the Valley back when a million was really right. a million you could buy you a house in the Valley, et cetera. And we won every apartment. corporate It will, buy you unfortunately. a very
1: small apartment in there.
2: And we, we won every corporate social responsibility <laughs> award that so, almost was. So, what's in the it world. like to
1: move from that?
2: I thought about it for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. because now you were
1: leaving for a while, I remember.
2: Well, coming. not leaving for a while, but knowing that I needed to turn over at a point in time, and mm-hmm. I kept saying, I'll be here five more years, five more years, and then suddenly mm-hmm. I said, three to four, and mm-hmm. that was a clear message. And mm-hmm. it, it, I left at three years almost on, on the moment. And it's like your family. Uh, you know, we are a family at Cisco. I knew every illness of every employee, their spouse, their children. We worked together as a common team. We were fearless. No one really ever beat us. If you mm-hmm. really think about router competitors, switching mm-hmm. competitors, et cetera, uh, we still are the key leader in 40 to 70% market share in each category. And then we moved into new areas. But we wanted to make this transition work, and we wanted to do it different than others. So I thought about it for 10 years, and the board obviously made the call, but we set it up as being an example for others to learn from and if you think through the high tech companies have done this almost all of them crashed and burned yeah. or went so, sideways. So
1: what have you been doing since then? What is your, oh, what have you been I've
2: been having the time of my life. Okay, so this I was care, a year ago when
1: you you stepped back before that but I
2: stepped back about two and a half years ago. Right, right. And uh, so since then I've been entirely focused on a startup world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know at the time Which
1: you did you do investing before?
2: No, but uh, I did at Cisco. We mm-hmm. did $2.1 That's billion right. dollars in yeah, investing you in companies. Ventures. We acquired yeah. 180 companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the key ways that we grew, right. was really keeping our fingers so, on technology. So what
1: were you looking in startups? You have your own fund? or what? Uh,
2: I have my own fund, and Shannon, who's here with me, is mm-hmm. the chief of staff. It's mm-hmm. a magnificent company with three people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. going from 75,000 people supporting you to three is a culture shock. Mm-hmm. But what it really is focused on is where is the world going, not where it's been. Mm-hmm. And it's focused on how do we become a startup nation again. Mm -hmm. It's focused on, we think we're the leader of innovation in America. We no longer are. Bloomberg, Mm -hmm. we're not even the top 10 uh, Mm -hmm. countries anymore. Mm we're decreasing the number of startups per year, and it's yes. a 20-year low. France, where three years ago I said it's going to be the startup nation in Europe, it went from 140 venture capital-backed startup technology companies to 740 in three years. Mm-hmm. It's become the model for Europe. I want to see that happen again in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And with digitization and with a lot that's going on in high tech, we're going to destroy 20 to 40% of the jobs that exist mm-hmm. everywhere in the world. So we've not only got to, in the U.S., create 20 to 30 more million jobs, mm-hmm. we've got to create more jobs for the ones we destroyed. So we have to become a startup nation again. So
1: we, let's get to that, because just see the cover of The Economist last week was peak Silicon Valley, that it was losing uh, people are going elsewhere. We'll get to the politics problem, mm-hmm. you know, in that, because that's part of Small it.
2: Small issue, easy to cover. <laughs> it's politics, easy to cover, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but, but talk about, so the concept of your book is that we have lost this, that the concept that we've not that anymore.
2: I think we are no longer the leaders, but the concept of the book is how do you lead in a startup world? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're in the largest companies in the world like a Walmart or a Boeing mm-hmm. or a J.P. Morgan Chase or a small startup or a leader in any of these categories, you have to think more like a startup in terms of innovation.
1: Why do you think we've lost that? Because people think of Silicon Valley and the US as a startup culture, startup entrepreneurship, the greatest the, companies were started here from Cisco to It's the right question.
2: The answer is we kept doing the right thing too long. Mm-hmm. We assume we were entitled mm-hmm. to continue to lead in Silicon Valley in this nation. I'm out of Boston 128, mm-hmm. the interstate that goes around sure. Boston. We were the high-tech center of the world. We couldn't even spell Silicon Valley
1: right, right.
2: Uh, in the 80s. Yeah. And within two decades, there aren't any any major high tech companies there anymore. Same thing could happen to Silicon Valley. So the first thing is we kept doing the right thing too long. What does that mean? That means we continued to think that we were the innovators and didn't realize that the global landscape was changing rapidly. And that to be a innovation leader in startups, it's got to be inclusive across your whole country, not just mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley, Austin, Texas, and New York. It also means the government has to get out of the way. And we got so much put on us. I'm, I'm a West Virginian by background. Mm-hmm. Most people have never hunted frogs, caught frogs, or ate frogs. <laughs> but what you said in school is if you put a frog into a warm pot of water and you slowly turn up the temperature, the frog cooks. Mm-hmm. If you put them in the boiling pot of water, they jump Right out. Mm -hmm. The rest of the world is jumping out to a new level of innovation. They're setting audacious goals of digitization for their country. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if it's India with Prime Minister Modi, Macron in France, and they're setting startup innovation as a key plank. Mm -hmm. And they address it from everything from immigration to how they remove the regulation issues, and they're moving into speed much faster than the U.S. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would see this happen in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. I understood the concepts of a Silicon Valley, a Texas, and New York, and the challenges of getting across the country, but I never felt the U.S. would lose its leadership this fast. So I think we've got to make it a national priority. We're the only country in the world without a digitization strategy. The mm-hmm. only one.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, Macron outlined it the mm-hmm. minute he became president of France. Modi did three and a half years ago. They tied it to GDP growth, job creation, startups, and they are tripling and quadrupling the number so wh- of companies they have. why is it
1: have. that we didn't? Why, why is it that it didn't? Because it, because the internet was started, as you know, mm-hmm. with by the federal government. Mm-hmm. It was... It, tech has been largely unfettered from a regulatory point of view for most of its... It largely
2: has, that's largely true. Largely
1: has. Uh, but so regulations has on
2: startups and how difficult it is to become public, mm-hmm. etc., and maybe even short-term mentality mm-hmm. of investors, including right. well, VCs no and stock market. Right, there's no lack of
1: money. There's no lack of investment. There's no...
2: Uh, I'm not so sure I would agree. Okay. So right. just giving you the numbers. Okay. Uh, the U.S. used to have 90% of the venture capital 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, 80%. Today's 50%. Mm-hmm. The number of IPOs, going public. New York Stock Exchange or uh, uh, NASDAQ uh, will be a little bit over 200 this year, up slightly from the last two years. In the mid-90s, when we created 24 million jobs Mm -hmm. in eight years. Uh, There were 750 companies going public per Mm -hmm. year. So it needs to be a national policy, and we need to drive it. Every other country in the world, their top government leaders and their political parties on both sides Mm -hmm. are focused on how do they digitize their country, understand the downside from it, because it will destroy a lot of jobs, Mm -hmm. how the education system has to change, and startups and small companies getting bigger will be where all job creation so how occurs. So
1: how did that happen in the first place? I have some other theories about it, including okay. having. What to are your do theories? Go ahead. That there's there's five giant companies going down the highway like semi trailers, and nobody can get past them now because they're all they don't compete with each other, really. You know, I I wouldn't say Amazon, Apple, Google, and Facebook are competing with each other at all practically. You know, they're sort of splitting up the pie in certain mm-hmm. areas, and that there's no room for startups to. Go around them in any way, and and the government can't do anything about it because it's not it's not Microsoft like in the old days that you can target one company. Mm-hmm. And individually, they're all so dominant that there's no room for anybody else. And why would you go public? You know, in, in a, a lot of these places, that's the other part is they have well, all this you- cash and they don't have to go public and they can wait to go public. And why do it in the first place? Is there any benefit to it? all kinds of reasons
2: like that. Well, going in the reverse order, Mm -hmm. uh, you're right that the number of companies are hesitant about going public. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Mm -hmm. First is they can get the cash Mm -hmm. uh, on it. uh, And the second is they don't have to put up with shareholder activists, uh, quarterly reporting, they can stay private for a longer period of time. Now, unfortunately for that, the employees don't benefit as much and the average American who invests in the start market does not benefit. So this is not in our best interest. But secondly, don't, let those numbers, Gary, fool you. They're small compared Mm -hmm. to venture capital is down to 50% of the world's venture capitals here and now. Our number of unicorns have decreased by 20% of the world's unicorns, which Mm -hmm. are future job creators, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Our startup arena is anemic in Mm -hmm. terms of it. And it's primarily in six geographies where 90% of the U.S. venture capital goes into. Mm -hmm. So how do we change that as a country is very doable. Mm -hmm. Now to your second question, uh, I've always loved taking on big companies. And Mm -hmm. with my startups, when I select which ones to do, and I get the pick of the litter. You could argue, do I deserve that or not? But mm-hmm. the venture capitalists usually say, here's a portfolio. John, you know how to scale companies. Mm-hmm. You know how to help them operations. You know how to develop CEOs, mm-hmm. give you very favorable terms. And so I do get the pick. But my goal is for each one of them to be number one in their segment of the industry they go after. Mm-hmm. And I've never worried about taking on the giants. Mm-hmm. You know, and at, at Cisco, we took on companies like Intel, mm-hmm. uh, like IBM in the initial days. Uh, we took on the Nortel's the loosens the Alcatel's. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, as companies get bigger, they get slower. Uh, they often get crossway with government. They forget that you must give back as well as mm-hmm. take in terms of profitability, et cetera. So I actually think companies are more challenged now in terms of is tech for good or is tech for bad in this country yeah, than we'll ever before. That, yeah. And a segment of it might be that it stifles segments of startups. I've actually found the reverse. Most of the innovation is coming out of startups today. When you have a Spark Cognition partnering with a Boeing, and Boeing's a very innovative company, Mm -hmm. but they're doing a 50-50 joint venture on the next generation of unmanned aircraft and how you do the uh, systems to maintain this. A company Mm -hmm. with 200 people down in Texas. Or there's another company in New York that basically has artificial intelligence. And all of a sudden, the biggest companies in the U.S. are working with that company on how they transform their business. They went from a million four run rate last year to over 70 million this year. Mm -hmm. So I would actually argue that startups will be where most innovation happens. And that oh, as long it's as it's a that level playing field, right. they can do well. Now, to your point, maybe venture capital will shy away from investing in an area that might be too direct with an Amazon mm-hmm. or too direct with a Facebook, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But about the time that large players think they're invulnerable, mm-hmm. they are very vulnerable.
1: All right, on that note, we're going to come back in a minute. We're talking mm-hmm. with John Chambers. He's the former CEO and chairman of Cisco, and now he's has a new book out called Connecting the Dots, Leadership Lessons in a Startup World.
0: Startups. Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus.
1: We're here with John Chambers. He's the former CEO and chairman of Cisco, where he was forever. Right, John? Forever?
2: Well, we did this together. <laughs> All <a long> time. <laughs> um,
1: he's the author of Connecting the Dots, Leadership Lessons in a Startup World. We're talking about where startups are now. So talk about the things, and then I want to get up to your leadership lessons. Sure. What can the government do right now? Assess this government right now, or the past two administrations.
2: Well, This I- one
1: doesn't have almost any interest in that. From what I can tell,
2: well, let's. Yeah, I know that's a very provocative question, it's and, and I will answer too. it. I will answer it very there's square. Kara, no no I love you. You, you.
1: I know you're get Republican. The on the but table. I'm curious what kind of Republican all, you are these days.
2: Okay, well, let me go in reverse order. Okay, right. I support as many Democrats as I do Republicans. Okay, uh, but you were
1: one of the few Republicans in Silicon Valley at the time. You brought. We we're talking about John McCain, and again, I'm so John sorry, McCain
2: you. was one of my best yes. friends in life. You he taught me so much. i miss him so much. Right,
1: but you're kind of a John McCain Republican. Yes,
2: I am. Yeah, but also. So understand, I think the definition of Republicans and Democrats has really blurred. I'm after a country where you just do the right thing for the country, mm-hmm. uh, that you do the right thing for all citizens, mm-hmm. inclusive of all citizens, for all states, et cetera. And my basic philosophy, and I try to teach this to startups, is one of your core values should be just do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm a person nice, that blings in social equality in all ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my Republican counterparts would call me liberal on that. I would just say I'm in touch mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. the world and the exam. This. And yet I believe hugely in the value of business creation and job creation working together on it. So what are we missing?
1: So, I, 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 I want to make that point. I mean, you you, and Meg Whitman were one of the f- one of the few Republic, outspoken Republicans at the time. This was 10 years, 10, 15 yes, years ago. And Safra Katz and, was probably the third. And Safra Katz, although she's now in not as much. She's also all, like you. I think she's very similar to you. I just actually yes. shared an airline flight. She's
2: with really her. good, by the way. Yeah, she's great. She's yeah. amazing.
1: But you all now look like communists at this point, like, compare, like you know what I mean, in the Republican Party. No,
2: I don't think so. I, I, I know the all Republicans will, then. and I know the Democrats will. How I'm a moderate yeah. uh, in this environment. So what do and, you do as a moderate? Uh, basically, you try to bring the country back together, mm-hmm. and you have the courage to lead, make very bold projections about what can be done. You can imagine saying mm-hmm. in Europe, France will become the startup nation yeah. in Europe. But at the time, it's the worst place in, in Europe to do business. Right. In three years, they are. Mm-hmm. The US, once we decide to put a person on the moon, we can do it. Mm-hmm. And both parties should come together. It's about job creation. It's about equality. It's so about how do all 50 states. you get them to
1: that? Because it seems like all we're arguing about is the most inane of things.
2: Well, you said it very well. I think we're focused on my parents were doctors, what I call symptoms, mm-hmm. as opposed to underlying issues. We've gotta become a digital nation. Mm-hmm. We have to have a national digital policy. We've gotta become a startup nation again. We're losing it rapidly. That heat is being turned up on the frog in the pot, and mm-hmm. we don't even know we're getting cooked. So what
1: does government have to do? And well, government
2: like, has to create, it was a good first step on the tax policy. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, you know, I was the poster child mm-hmm. in, in Washington for what? 17 years mm-hmm. trying to get tax policy change that hadn't changed since Microsoft mm-hmm. uh, became a company. Mm-hmm. And so that was a good first step. The second Although step- Although many
1: people feel that certain people benefit and others didn't, but let's move on.
2: The economy the economy speaks for itself. Right. Okay. And it was way overdue. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't perfect. Of course not. But at least it was a great start. Mm-hmm. And we're bringing back money and investing it back in America. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with the results on that. But that was a transaction. We need to say, how do we change our education system? How do we have the courage to make changes that other countries are already doing? I go back to France. France, with Polytechnique, top engineering school, in my opinion, in Europe, is the best source for engineers for American companies today. Mm -hmm. And then they have creative ideas like School 42 that is a uh, private tuition-free, non-profit organization that is starting to re-crank out engineers. And while it's very mixed, you take those top-quality engineers, as I talked to one of the startups today, they are a source as good as Polytechnique. And Mm -hmm. you see other countries moving. I think we've got to have the courage to do this differently. And if we're waiting to take companies public, we've got to find a way of growing them faster to create the jobs. So you
1: say a digital strategy for this country. What is that? How does that? Who has to do that?
2: All right. So let me parallel it. Uh, It's a Great question. Let's look at the internet strategy that occurred. I had the honor, and I'm speaking to my age now, mm-hmm. on being at the White House with President Clinton uh, mm-hmm. when we announced the internet era and said this will change our country. Mm-hmm. And to his tremendous credit, even though he's a Democrat, mm-hmm. nobody can be perfect. Mm-hmm. A little bit of humor for <laughs> the Californians here. Uh, you'll get used to it, Kara. Okay, my humor hasn't got, got, got any I'm better. Uh, we outlined what it could do for the country. And fast forward eight years, 22 and a half million jobs. The last time America got a raise, other than they're starting to this year, was uh, in that period where the average family income went up 24% and the economy grew 34%. Mm -hmm. With digitization, you can do the exact same thing. Good news and bad news, it's going to move much faster. The speed, and just think about how long did it take Amazon to displace Walmart as Mm -hmm. the most valuable company?
3: Mm -hmm.
2: 21 years. Mm -hmm. How long did it take Tesla to displace GM?
1: Mm -hmm. 14 years. We'll we'll see on that one. We'll see. But you know,
2: it's like any- It's still an important company. Yeah. Well, what he's done has been amazing. Absolutely. And then the key is, every company gets knocked down. The key is how, when you get knocked down, how do you get back up? And then it took Uber seven years Mm -hmm. to pass Tesla. The next companies will change in three to four years. Mm -hmm. So it's the speed of change that we have to get used to. And that's where you need a replicatable process. Other countries are saying, this is where my digitization strategy is going use Modi as an example in India, 1.3 billion people. He's got to generate 1.2 million new jobs per month. Mm-hmm. And he has the courage to outline digital strategy for his country. And I'm honored to be his advisor on this. And it means two to 4% extra GDP growth. It gives him a chance to add 1.2 million jobs per month, think Mm -hmm. about that number. Uh, It gives them a chance to do it with smart cities, they have to become a startup nation, they have to become a manufacturing center, Mm -hmm. and here's his plan to get there. France did the exact same thing. Even though Macron and Modi come from opposite sides, mm-hmm. I am the uh, the global high-tech ambassador for France. Can you imagine the U.S. having mm-hmm. a German or a French person mm-hmm. responsible for technology right. ambassador here? Right. It gives you an idea how out-of-box these right. people so are what thinking. Do,
1: who needs to do it here? It
2: needs to be owned at the top, mm-hmm. but also both parties have to come together. Right. when. Digi- if The first country to digitize was Israel, and all three political parties came together. Right. Shimon Peres, a prior right. friend of yours, great friend of mine, miss him every day. And Netanyahu said, This is in our best interest to do it, and they digitized their country. Mm-hmm. Four 20,000 so jobs, people, et From the top. Growth, from, John, the top.
1: It's not businesses- from the top. But then I'm pretty certain he just wanders around yelling about Russia. That's pretty much
2: well, it. Well, this is where I think we've got to have. All sides are equally responsible. Democrats and Republicans uh, have to bring this together and have a common goal. And the neat thing is, Kara, who in America can disagree with job creation with small Uh, business? Of course,
1: but I'm just saying, I'd like to understand how that's gonna work given the current political. Well, I
2: think there's nothing like an opportunity and a challenge. And a roadmap to get there? Yes, but
1: I want to know brass tacks. All right, How so brass tacks
2: gonna... is you make uh, India successful, you make France successful, you say the U.S. should follow that model. We're mm-hmm. no longer the leaders. Right. Secondly, you get both political parties on this issue to put aside their differences and say everyone should care about startups in every 50 states. So what again, do we need to do? It? That, I think you need to have examples in business and I intend to mm. be a role model and we'll mm-hmm. see if I can earn that trust or mm-hmm. not. Instead of doing startups in Silicon Valley where, care it's much safer for right. me to do uh, right. because I can back channel every person I hire. I mm-hmm. know all the venture capitalists. I get my right. pick of the litter for every company I go into in spatial terms. I'm deliberately doing it across seven states now. And you I and Steve to go, yeah.
1: are wandering the country. Steve has
2: the same concept. Mm-hmm. He's just mm-hmm. doing it a different way and I applaud mm-hmm. what he's doing and I know you know him very well. Mm-hmm. But we have to have business leaders step up to this, I would challenge the big companies you just mentioned. Yeah. Why not take a certain amount of their tremendous wealth and give it back to society in startups in all 50 states mm-hmm. and take a couple states and sponsor them? I'm going to well, do that in West Virginia. They're busy testifying
1: in front of Congress for ruining democracy, but that's why they're busy. They're not in the best shape. We'll talk about the the image of tech, okay. um, but but right now tech is not, doesn't uh, have the best. Well,
2: tech has moved from the image in the 90s technology. with the internets. to tech is good for everyone, and every government leader, Democrats, Mm -hmm. Republicans, all agreed. And with TechNet, John Mm -hmm. Doerr and I founded Mm -hmm. it. And for 20 years, when we went to Washington, we were trusted by all sides. Still, TechNet is Mm -hmm. within that. But we've got to be very careful. Tech isn't just about making profits or doing what's right for your Mm -hmm. company. Uh, Citizens and governments have very legitimate concerns. Mm -hmm. And if you don't address if we're going to destroy jobs, how do you create them? Cisco with Network Academies, created 7 million students trained on this over 20 years, and we focused on each country on giving back, I think tech has to get back to the basics. Well, I think
1: that right now, the, the, the narrative is damage. The damage caused by either the—from the, everything from tech addiction to uh, the Russians to fake news to this political yeah. discourse. Can I have fun it's with this one? F- yeah, please. I, I've been through this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, basically with the Internet, it was going to destroy a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. And we focused on how does it create more. Mm-hmm. We c- focused about how business and government, regardless of the local party, could work on common objectives. Mm-hmm. I was in China in the mid-'90s, and one of their talk show hosts, and she said, people are addicted to the Internet, and look what you're doing to our children. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was out of left field. I remember that. But the issues were the same. Mm-hmm. And we said, here's how we do the legitimate balance. And mm-hmm. this is where, even though I come from a, a conservative basis in terms of my, my attitude toward job creation, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, this is where I think all parties have to come together and say, we're going to change. So it requires the citizens. Why did France change? They had a leader at the top. Actually mm-hmm. too, Hollande started it, but Macron took it to a whole new level. But the citizens were ready. Mm-hmm. The citizens realized that startups were gonna be the future. If you would've gone to Polytechnique, their equivalent of Stanford or an MIT, mm-hmm. and ask them seven or eight years ago, are you gonna go into government or big companies? 90% of the students would've said government or big companies. Sure. When I lecture there now with the Secretary of Defense mm-hmm. <laughs> from France, mm-hmm. we talked about startups. And right. now the majority of people at Polytechnique are going into startups. Right. And we have to get that energy back as a country. We control our destiny. Still have 50% of the venture capital in the world. Still have the role models and the training, <laughs> and we can scale quicker than anyone else. But we've got to understand continuing to do the right thing too long. How do you got look at what's trouble. going
1: on in China? Because I just interviewed Kai-Fu Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. It's- they're cleaning our clocks in AI and other areas for lots of various reasons, for all kinds of reasons.
2: Well, China, I probably know as well as most of your visitors. I was part of Wang Laboratories, as I Mm -hmm. said earlier, which was a Chinese company in Mm -hmm. America. Dr. Wang, the most brilliant man I ever met. And Mm -hmm. he was Jiang Zemin's roommate, mm-hmm. the person who was president of China. It was fun. So I got huge access. I mean, it's same class mm-hmm. group. Uh, I got huge access to Chinese leadership, and I bet you talk about market transitions, and mm-hmm. Kara, I have a lot of weaknesses, but I get market transitions right. I listen to customers, mm-hmm. and I place my bets usually mm-hmm. in areas that end up being right because right. of crowdsourcing right. and data collection. I bet on China in 1995, mm-hmm. at a time almost no one else did, right. and it served. Which they were Cisco copycats.
1: Well. We talked about that. They were seen as copycats then, or, and yeah. not an innovation center.
2: No, I knew they'd be innovative yeah. immediately because at Wang Laboratories, when we put in Wang mini computers in China, everybody would read the books, even if they had nothing to do with mini computers. I mm-hmm. knew they'd be our biggest potential partner or a challenger on a right. global stage. Right. So how stage. do you look
1: at what China's doing?
2: So currently in China, I think, unfortunately, it's developed into win-lose mentality. Mm-hmm. China,
1: yeah, it's a tough during my
2: lifetime, has largely been a win-win partner. You had to negotiate mm-hmm. top, but a win-win. In the last 10 years, it's really uh, lost that relationship with the U.S. Mm-hmm. to where it's been a lo- loss for the U.S. Mm-hmm. and a win for China. We have to get back on a win-win. And we've got to find a way that it benefits both countries, which I think it does. And I'm optimistic we'll get there. I think if you're betting on one country right now in the emerging world, it's India. Mm -hmm. It's an instant replay of China. It's Mm -hmm. a democracy as well. You've got an amazing leader in Modi who's taking risks that others would not. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine it takes us 17 years to change our tax policy? Mm -hmm. Modi demonetizes his currency in a weekend.
1: Well, he's nice being a little fascist, but go ahead, move along. Well,
2: no, he basically, what yeah. he did was change the currency mm-hmm. in terms of taking circulation out that yeah. had been counterfeited, et cetera.
1: He's a little bossy. Well, I'm going to say bossy. Most good
2: leaders are a little uh, bit. Even, not that Carrie, much. even you and I, Kate, I get like, it, but I don't run a country. <laughs> he's got
1: some issues, Modi. Well,
2: it would be fun. The, the neat thing is, I think it's the best thing that's happened to India since Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if India can increase There's their some standard of living. issues
1: there that are problematic, but go sure. ahead. Yeah.
2: But uh, which other country are you going to bet is going to double their per capita income every 10 years for the next two to three decades?
1: Mm-hmm. India. So uh, I'm not which China, that's ones? interesting, because I feel like China in AI is with the data they're collecting. Oh, now
2: you hit a different issue. Yeah. The issues about technology leadership, you've got to have a national policy, and they mm-hmm. clearly do.
1: Yes, they do. They and they have a national it.
2: digitization policy, they have AI being very important, just like the internet, mm-hmm. and they make it a national policy to lead here, and they remove the roadblocks for that happening, right. including some roadblocks on intellectual protection, which is mm-hmm. very important to maintain. But the internet, we maintained our leadership on in the U.S. because we move very very rapidly. And we Mm -hmm. created a win-win relationship with China. We need to do the same thing on digitization. But this requires technology leaders to be a part of every every company and of every political office. Mm -hmm. And this is where maybe I'm a dreamer. And most of the time Mm -hmm. when I do dream and say, here's how we can get there, that often happens. I believe our country can get this right. But it requires taking a step back and saying, we have to do it differently. It requires the Republicans and Democrats working together and it requires the citizens to say, this is what we want. We want to start up economy again. I want my children. And remember, I'm from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I've lived in North Carolina, Georgia, mm-hmm. Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. We're leaving behind that part of the nation. And the people know it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be inclusive in what we do. And that's really what the book that I'm writing about. All right. right, about that
1: in the next section. We're here with John Chambers. He's the former CEO and chairman of Cisco. His new book, which we're going to talk about next, is called Connecting Thoughts, Leadership Lessons in a Startup World.
4: Support for this show comes from Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace for freelance services. In the fast-paced world of business, every decision counts. And when it comes to hiring, there's no room for guesswork. That's why Fiverr has developed solutions for businesses to make outsourcing projects simple, quick, and compliant. You can gain access to curated talent through Fiverr Pro's catalog of top freelancers, organized by skill and experience. Streamline your projects with a user-friendly dashboard where you can track progress and collaborate with your team. And for anyone needing the highest level of white glove service, Fiverr Pro's project partners can manage multiple freelancer engagements for you.
1: We're here with John Chambers, who I've known for a very long time. He used to run a company, a little company called Cisco, and now he is—he runs a tiny little company um, of his own. But he's written a book called *Connecting the Dots: Leadership Lessons in a Startup World*. So we've just been talking about how the U.S. is full, lagging behind everybody else, and, and I agree with you in that regard. And we're leaving a lot of people out. I think yes, we are. That's a harder. Problem to deal with for
2: yes and no, but I think it can be dealt with if we do startups right on a different scale.
1: Right, exactly. So you, it's such a it's. I think it's a matter of national policy. I agree with you in that, but I don't mm-hmm. think we have any kind of political will to do anything about it. I, I just don't, I just okay. don't see where it's going to come from. And maybe these things change very quickly, um, and they did before and so Mm -hmm. maybe they'll do it again but it's Mm -hmm. really hard to imagine given tech tech is on the ropes from an Mm -hmm. image point of view so they're not focused on anything but sort of saving their hide and that our government is completely out of touch with challenges that are coming, a lot of challenges. That's just my feeling. But let's talk about these leadership lessons Mm -hmm. that we have to do. So talk about some of them from the book of what you think is critical.
2: Well, first I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. I thought books are appropriate to write once Mm -hmm. you're dead and somebody else writes them about you. And as you know, I'm dyslexic, so Mm -hmm. writing is very painful for Mm -hmm. me. So the last thing I wanted to do Mm -hmm. was to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I, I changed my mind because in my current new chapter of my life, I'm doing startups. I have 16 of them I've invested in, about $100 million invested uh, in these startups. And I want them to be the role model for how do you grow and scale startups in this country, not just in Silicon Valley. I've deliberately have them mm-hmm. across seven states, and I want to take it to 10. And I want to show you that this is a model that can work across our country. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I'm sorry, I'm her- do you
1: have one in West Virginia?
2: We will probably do that very shortly okay. in November. Given from not there. to get ahead You know, my of the family's answer.
1: from there. Thank you. My dad was from there, Morgantown. Oh, I knew so. I liked yeah. you, Will. you yeah. <laughs> he, he went to University of West Virginia.
2: Well, we're going to announce and with the University school. of West Virginia in November major changes on startups mm-hmm. and uh, the university business curriculum and stuff. Oh, that's great. So we're going to try to make it a model, much like Steve Case is trying to get mm-hmm. different uh, approaches going. Mm-hmm. So what I'm focused on is not how do we make 16 companies successful, and I measure them on do we grow headcount jobs mm-hmm. by 40% a year, mm-hmm. which means by definition, they got to grow at 50 to 100% of our right, revenue. Right. Right. So I'm trying to say, here's the model, much like we did at Cisco, where I acquired 180 companies, Mm -hmm. and I think most people would say we did it better than anyone else, and it allowed us to move from one market to the next to the next. So talk
1: about these leadership lessons.
2: So the leadership lessons is, much like you do your own podcasts, Mm -hmm. et cetera, you have a replicatable playbook of innovation Mm -hmm. you do again and again, and you you change when somebody catches you, Mm -hmm. as you said a moment ago, but that's exactly what I've learned to do over the years. So a replicatable playbook for how you do acquisitions, a replicatable playbook for how you do digitization of countries, a replicatable playbook for how you deal with customer problems, Mm -hmm. a replicatable uh, playbook for how you become one or two in each category. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing now with startups is a replicatable playbook of how do you get the market transitions right? Mm -hmm. How do you select the right CEO to be able to do this? How do you listen to customers Mm -hmm. that will tell you these are the companies you'd invest in? How do you uh, be pretty sure that the venture capitalists, the angel investors, uh, are the skills that are needed within this and that they're building a great team? Mm -hmm. and then you just cookie cut it with tremendous speed. Mm -hmm. I think that model work across the country and partnering with VCs, much like I did during the 90s, partnering with the major VCs in the Valley, and they gave us the pick of the litter in terms of which companies to acquire. So so
1: you're talking about doing replicable, but most people think of venture capital as artisanal, really. like That's how they sell themselves, that they are special and that it isn't replicable.
2: Okay, I agree with part of what you said. I think
1: they're lying, but go ahead. Okay. I, I think they just like like staying here. <laughs> oh, as I love the info. fun part of
2: it. I, I think what it is is they are brilliant at identifying trends early. Mm-hmm. My skill some. is not—there's aden- only one Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. I am basically a person that goes and listens to customers, and they'll tell me which companies to buy or which mm-hmm. companies to invest in. And so I focus on how do you scale and grow an organization. That's where my skills are, mm-hmm. and I've seen every movie there is in the world, and I've done some things right mm-hmm. and lots of mistakes along the way. But with these small companies, they learn so quickly. And so what I've learned is when I saw the small companies over the last two and a half years learning this pace, that's when my friend said, John, you should write a book. Mm -hmm. Because it isn't about startups. It's about a startup world where every organization, whether they're government or big companies or small companies, Mm -hmm. must have a startup mentality on speed, Mm -hmm. fearlessness, ability to dream. Uh, My regrets are not that I dream too big. Mm -hmm. I probably should have dreamt bigger and Mm -hmm. take more risk on it. Mm -hmm. So teaching that is very key. Teaching the startups how to deal with the media. And Mm -hmm. it is so fun Mm -hmm. having, you know, teaching a young CEO how to interface with somebody like you, Karen. Mm -hmm. How do you handle questions and how do you answer the questions, but also when do you deflect them and and how do Mm you you have fun in an interview and direction, Mm -hmm. teaching them how to scale an organization Mm -hmm. and how to do channels and how to do R&D, how do you go global, etc. And I think that's what's missing. If we're waiting longer for the companies to go public, then you don't have the benefit of the boards being ex-CEOs of other companies, etc. and and helping you grow. And the VCs, to your earlier point, most of them are good on ideas Mm -hmm. but not anywhere near as good with scaling. No, but the way
1: the the industry's been done is it's Mm -hmm. very artistic. It's like, you have to be here, you have to do this, this. It's not, and it seems like they keep doing the same thing over and over again. Like they keep making the dough. And I'm like, can't you just do this in a more organized fashion and they all act like they can't?
2: Well, I think you've hit on several things that have fairness. Mm -hmm. The first is the model that made us successful a decade or two ago Mm -hmm. isn't going to make us successful now. We talked earlier about 90% of venture capital going into Silicon Mm -hmm. Valley. Just what was that in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, today it's only 50. You have to do different models. So I'm trying to be a model of how to do it differently, just like I did at Cisco Mm -hmm. on how do you acquire. So So
1: what are some of the key lessons?
2: Oh, well, the most basic one of all is what's the role of a CEO? Mm -hmm. It's vision and strategy for the company. Everybody gets that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about developing, recruiting, retaining, and changing the leadership team. That's hard to do. Third is culture. And most Young CEOs don't get the culture. And then the fourth, in today's world of space, you have social media and everything else, you've got to be unbelievably good on communications. Mm-hmm.
1: Today, so go I had, that. Let's go through each of those. guys
2: Okay. So let me start with a fun one mm-hmm. culture, which most CEOs forget how important it is. You never have a great company without a strong culture. Mm-hmm. You may like the culture of the company mm-hmm. to Microsoft or Cisco or an Intel or a different. Walmart, but they are very strong in terms of their culture, and you never have a great company without it. Most startups don't even think about culture. Mm-hmm. Culture should be what do you stand about? Are you customer first? Do you treat people as equals within your organization? Do you really just do the right thing? Do you make innovation happen, etc.? Mm-hmm. And if you define your culture right, it permeates and is a foundation for everything else you do. And when you teach these young companies about that, the first reaction is, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see them finally get it. And then you see them reinforce that you now recruit people based on the culture you have. Mm-hmm. And you don't you reject the people who don't fit into the culture of where you're mm-hmm. going. If you're truly gonna be customers first, it's gotta permeate everything that you do on mm-hmm. it. So this to me is like grandkids. They I've seen the movie so many times before, I've messed it up a number of times, got it right a number of times. And you can get them excited on what's possible, and then you can show them the roadmap, and then you give them back to management uh, yeah. on the evening so when it's culture, time to call. Whatever it night. the
1: culture may be, they can be very different.
2: They can be very different. But mm-hmm. the CEO sheer he's got to own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and culture can be inclusion. Culture can be corporate social responsibility. Culture can be technology innovation it just leadership. Mean
1: people? but it's got to move with them. Companies are terminis- just mean, and that's the way they are.
2: Uh, no, I think there's some mean companies in this world. I think yeah. there's some tremendously they could, good some ones. Some of
1: them do very well. Mean.
2: They, they do, but Microsoft uh, it was it's very
1: mean for a long time, and it worked for them.
2: Yeah, but let's you don't have to comment. let's uh, it's fun, Karen. I love interviewing <laughs> with you. But let's use Cisco as an example. Yeah. Nobody would define us as a mean culture. Nope. I nope. knew every illness of every employee in the mm-hmm. company. Uh, we won every corporate social responsibility award, yet we were one of the most profitable companies in right. history. No,
1: I don't think any of them succeeds necessarily, but I think mean can succeed just as well as no. Nice. Oh it can. That's fair. Yeah.
2: And you may like the culture at Uber, you may not. Right. Uh, but right. boy, there was a strong culture. Well they're so very come sorry in,
1: now about that. Just so have you seen the commercials?
2: Uh yes, they're I have. They're very sorry. Well, it goes back to Every company and every leader is gonna get knocked on their tail. Mm-hmm. It isn't how well you handle your successes. Mm-hmm. It's how well you handle your setbacks. And that's what I teach in this book. Right. And it's, I'm a product of my setbacks, mm-hmm. being dyslexic. How did right. you do it? Right. Almost drowning at a very young right. age and my right. dad, saving me, and then teaching me how do you deal with rapids and current, right, right. and then seeing 10 years later, somebody drown in the same spot, mm-hmm. and it could have been me, and right. learning for how do you stay calm under tremendous pressure. Well, teaching that is fun, mm-hmm. and so the ability to do that in this book is what I'm focused okay. on, and it, it covers everything from right, how so do wait, you deal with setbacks to So
1: culture, what's the second one?
2: Uh, the, the Really, the first one is vision and strategy Maybe. for the company, and you've got to be able to outline it, and as a young CEO, or in an existing company, you've got to be really crisp. How is your vision different than your counterparts? What is your strategy? What are the top elements that are required to accomplish that? Then how do you build a leadership team? It sounds easy to do really hard. And then how do you know when to change your founders? Mm -hmm. How do you know when to reject people who can't fit into the culture? Mm -hmm. How do you evolve your team? We had eight CFOs at Cisco, we never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. Eight sales ads of sales at Cisco. We knew how to make those transitions well, teaching these young companies how to do it. And then communications, During Jack Welch's time, and he's a good friend, and actually Mm -hmm. one of the endorsers of the book, you didn't have to be good at communications to be a a great CEO. In today's world, you better be good at communications, and Mm -hmm. that includes listening, social media, uh, ability to take complex topics, and move with tremendous speed, Mm -hmm. because your brand image, damage can be done to it in an hour Mm -hmm. that would have taken, in Jack Welch's time, Mm -hmm. months to occur. Mm -hmm. So you say, how do these characteristics work? Then you teach them, understand if you haven't got a market transition going on in different business models, don't go into that market. You're going to get hammered.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The 100th person into a new market without differentiation is going to get crushed. Mm-hmm. So you catch these technology trends, computing moving to the edge, the importance of security, mm-hmm. uh, Internet of everything, 500 billion devices getting connected to the Internet, mm-hmm. the ability to manage that data and to be able to get the right outcome at the right time to the right person or machine to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Those are huge opportunities. And that's why I'm so optimistic that the job creation Engine can be as strong as it was in the '90s, or even stronger. Mm-hmm. If we ride this digital wavefront, so what kind of fright- jobs
1: are those? Because obviously, I was just talking to kai Liu about the loss of jobs that mm-hmm. they're going to, like especially in China, the manufacturing jobs are all going to be automated. So they're well, going have to deal with that. So, for example,
2: completely agree. I, my number is unfortunately twenty to forty yes, percent of the jobs today people- will get. Uh, destroyed. And I said that three to four years Mm -hmm. ago. And that's why I'm also on the startup bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Large companies will not add headcount. Mathematically, if you're not growing at at least 10%, Mm -hmm. you're going to give raises to your employees. Mm -hmm. uh, You're basically going to give some profits back to the shareholders Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the issue. And you're going to drive productivity at four to five percent, which enables the first two. So by definition, unless your company's growing probably in double digits, your headcount growth over the next decade is going to be flat to probably negative. It means that if we don't get dramatic more startups, more companies are going out of business in the U.S. than going in. If we don't increase the number, not incrementally, by 10 or 20 percent like we're trying to do on IPOs this year, think of IPOs at the tip of the iceberg, Mm -hmm. but you think about how do you do this by 50 or 100 percent, then you have to think about it differently. And that's Mm -hmm. what our counterparts are doing in this world. You're in a world where you either disrupt, or you get disrupted. It's mm-hmm. not a zero-sum not game. New,
1: right, which is not. It's, it's somewhat new. But, but
2: the speed of it yes, right, is right. three to five times faster, right? and the implications are three to five times more. So what I'm trying to do with this book is saying this is really an example, a hopefully go-to book for mm-hmm. leaders, whether they're business or individuals, with how do you do what I loved in college, which is give me the cliff notes. Mm-hmm, Tell mm-hmm. me the stories that make me understand mm-hmm. why this process worked, and that's how you remember these stories. You do that so mm-hmm. well in your business. Then at the cliff notes at the back, just give me the key takeaways. So all 13 chapters, we have cliff notes at the back of it. And -hmm. it's something that I hope that people will read and probably find more interest certain chapters initially than they will perhaps Mm -hmm. six or 12 months later. If it really works right, you'd love to see MBA schools say, this is your your Bible for really how you develop business. And while Mm The ideas in and of themselves are not new. Mm -hmm. The idea of an innovation playbook and how do you do that for every aspect, the Mm -hmm. idea of how you deal with setbacks, et cetera. The stories with it are. And I've experienced good news and bad news in ways that no one else has. Is there a
1: key problem most troubled companies have or are they all different?
2: Ah, if there's one thing that uh, a problem company gets into trouble on, it's getting too far away from their customers. Mm -hmm. The second thing is they miss the market transition and mm-hmm. those care are occurring at a faster and faster right. speed. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you've got to be watching for them. And by the time it's obvious, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third thing is a company fails to reinvent itself. Mm-hmm. And the fourth thing is they keep doing the right thing too long. So mm-hmm. yes, there is,
1: Yeah,
2: uh, and that's so, very So the first one.
1: The first one was that they don't focus on customers. Yes, I so
2: uh, I, I saw it at IBM.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: IBM got on top of the world by being the most customer-centric company. Mm -hmm. And yet, as we got bigger and bigger and I joined them in the mid-70s, unfortunately, about the time they plateaued out, Mm -hmm. uh, they were not listening to the customers. In fact, I actually got criticized by my management about saying, don't tell me the mini-computer that we're building isn't good for customers. Just we'll go out and sell good. more. Yeah. yeah, And it wasn't a good product we'll for them. them. And that's yeah. where they got displaced by the Dex and the Wangs, et cetera, yeah. of the world.
1: That goes everywhere. I was remember being at the years ago in the, the record industry, and I was like, nobody wants albums to so one of them. And they're like, that's the way we're doing them. I'm like, nobody wants them. Mm-hmm. Like you're selling Coke in a 64-ounce bottle and they want cans.
2: Exactly. So we'll give them cans. So your ability to listen to consumers mm-hmm. in ways that you haven't before. One of the companies that I am invested in that I really love is sprinkler out of New York City. If you're not familiar no, with them, it no, would be no. a fun one. They are probably the top uh, social management platform. They go across all uh, 24 oh, social media capability as right. well as traditional email, etc. They have the ability to often see trends before the mm-hmm. company, uh, a consumer even logs onto the website. Mm-hmm. And they do this remarkably well. Mm-hmm. But that's moving where the market is going in right. terms of the right. future. So that,
1: not listening to the customer. The next one?
2: Uh, the next one, and I might get them a little bit out of sync versus what we said is they keep doing the right thing too long. Mm-hmm. And that's what GM clearly did. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that's what IBM did. That's what Wang mm-hmm. did. If you don't constantly reinvent yourself, and Microsoft would probably be an example of what Satya have reinvented mm-hmm. themselves. Most companies do not. Intel, a great company, but they really, it's one of two products that they have had that's store the majority of their profits. Right. Not true at Cisco and it won't be true of my startups. Mm-hmm. So how do you constantly reinvent yourself and not any longer every 10 years, probably every 3 to 4. Right. And you have to think that way. And then you basically have to build an unbelievably strong culture to catch mm-hmm. these changes in terms of the market.
1: Mm-hmm. And most people don't do that. They don't see the changes. Or you can see the changes and make it badly. I mean, you guys were early. To the media question, remember, what was that thing you had that it was a TV set? I remember.
2: Oh, we were very quickly with telepresence. Telepresence. With the you ability all to do these that. sessions, which you ought to use now. I know, but you were right. today I use Google Hangouts. Right, you were
1: right directionally. <laughs> you can be right directionally and wrong in the well, product. Well, it actually
2: was very profitable for us. What we did, and mm-hmm. we needed to take was it was to the called? next level.
1: What was that telepres- It had a name.
2: It was called telepresence. Uh, yeah, but there
1: was another name. You had another product that you it would you put it on the TV. Oh, I can't remember. You, had well, the, you bought the flip camera, if you remember yes, my I did. My favorite. And by the way, it it was one of them
2: that we were right on direction and wrong on execution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you
1: didn't know that iPhone was coming out with the camera in it. We actually
2: had the two
1: tops. No, you you probably did. We did not. Yeah.
2: And if we'd known that, we should have put on every smartphone out there video and Flip should have been Been the
1: the
2: cloud provider of it. But it shows you once in startups, it's a portfolio play. Yeah. like acquisitions. The majority of startups will not work and society mm-hmm. needs to understand that. Mm-hmm. And with my portfolio, I hope will be no, the majority. But you
1: can be right. You can see the shift and then not make it or you can be like, say, a Steve Ballmer. I'll never forget when he said these mo- mobile phones, who cares? And I was like, what? Like,
2: Well, same comments were made about <laughs> the internet. What is the oh, internet? But, yeah. It's just for these techies and yeah, the universities. Yeah. But, now, every company, and everything we do is going to be connected to technology, mm-hmm. the US should lead here. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to do in this book is to say, here's an example on how to do mm-hmm. it. And also my platform for what I want to do next. I had the unusual opportunity to help change the world with the internet, mm-hmm. and very proud of what we did both socially and business wise, and how we shared it across our customers, our citizens, our company, the employees and the shareholders. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to do that with digitization, not just in the transforming countries mm-hmm. in my prior role with Cisco, but now with startups. And mm-hmm. I think they will be the future for innovation. Is
1: there one part of the country, we've got to wrap up soon, but is there one part of the country that you see great promise in, or is it just you're trying to do it across the country?
2: Well, uh, the great promise uh, is in the areas that are reinventing themselves the quickest, and that would probably be Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm optimistic on Silicon Valley, but boy, we got to change. What I want to see is I want to see every state make this a top agenda regardless of politics. Mm -hmm.
1: Any governor you think is Hickenlooper in Colorado or... He's pretty well, sharp. Nick
2: Looper is is a, is a very mm-hmm. good example. Mm-hmm. I think Stacey this Abrams
1: if she wins in Georgia is an interesting. There's person. going to be
2: a lot of interesting candidates mm-hmm. regardless of your political yeah. views yeah. on it. But it goes back to it starts with the university. Why is Silicon Valley so successful? Mm-hmm. Stanford.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why is the Boston area so successful? MIT. Right. So the West Virginia University has to make digitization, right. artificial intelligence one of its top priorities. I went to France and mm-hmm. my last trip to France you love I met with 250 John. startups. Do you speak French? Uh, I'm learning (laughs) poorly, poorly. Uh, And then I popped into one of these classes in a university in the northern part of the country that's in a fairly poor area. And I was going to go talk to them about Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and how they ought to think about this. Mm -hmm. I walked into the class. It was an artificial intelligence class. So, others are changing faster than we are. Yeah. In countries like France, that was very flow, slow to change, they're getting back to their entrepreneurial roots. Yeah. Why we did I keep say up that? With France. We I can't want, keep up with France. What if are France we? can do it, tell us. Right. Exactly. Why us can't America war, do this?
1: That original war.
2: If India yeah. can do this, why can't America do this? Right. We need to put the country back into a startup nation. You know why? Because
1: we're fat, stupid, and arguing with each other all day over stupid things. That's why.
2: Completely agree. <laughs> we,
1: we just we, gotten you know, lazy. Going back
2: to my parents were doctors. We're mm-hmm. focusing on the symptoms, mm-hmm. not on the underlying issues. Yeah, We're a great country. Yeah, We need to be great on startups. It needs to be inclusive. We need to get our immigration policy working where we attract the best and the brightest from all over the world for these companies. 40% of the Fortune 500 were founded by immigrants Agreed. or the children of immigrants. What Out would of you startups, say to the president
1: about the immigration policy? I'm assuming you're pretty liberal on that issue.
2: Well, I'm not liberal. I think mm-hmm. I'm in touch. This mm-hmm. is a country of yeah. yeah. We ought to attract the best and the brightest mm-hmm. to this, this country as fast as we can and make it the best place to do it, full stop. Mm-hmm. And this is in the interest of creating jobs in America. Uh, I'm not trying to solve world hunger, mm-hmm. but for well-educated people who can come in and make a huge difference on job creation mm-hmm. and help us on innovation, we not only should attract them to our universities, we should keep them. And they still want to come to the US.
1: Right, right. The
2: scary part is Before, we used to say, well, for the engineers, for financial reasons, put some of the resources in India. Mm -hmm. Do you know where my startups are today, Mm -hmm. even though they're found in the U.S.? They have a lot of their engineering resources in France and Germany, of Mm -hmm. all places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, we're falling behind. So, I want to get back to how do we change this? Kara, perhaps it's a dream, but I think you're now seeing more and more people focus on us doing this. I think the American people are very smart, it's not about politics. Mm-hmm. It's about just doing the right thing yeah. and giving their kids a chance for this. And back to the issue you raised indirectly, we've got to get the kids, especially on gender and diversity, mm-hmm. excited about technology yep. and excited about entrepreneurism in the third and fourth and yeah. fifth grade. That's where you lose the women, you Yeah, I as you think know. if
1: you're not an entrepreneur going forward, you're screwed, you're just screwed. You're just If you don't have an entrepreneurial nature, Bingo. everybody. That's the book, yes.
2: it's about leadership, entrepreneurism, startups, mm-hmm. regardless of what size organization right, you're in. Right.
1: And it's a mentality, actually. It I'm is interested. a mentality. Yeah.
2: It's a mentality of being able to dream. Mm-hmm. It's a mentality of setting goals that are audacious. It's a mentality of having no fear, sometimes through lack of knowledge, which mm-hmm. is okay. Mm-hmm. And then it's a mentality of you get knocked down and the majority of stripes will fail, then get mm-hmm. back up and go again. Oh, well,
1: we also do put in all kinds of things to stop Talented people, you know, it's an idea of talentism. I always think there's. I always use this example that there's a small girl in I don't know rural Tennessee who could Mm -hmm. solve cancer, and she will not because there's gender issues around her. She doesn't get the education she needs. There's opiate problem. Like we put so many things, sexism, racism, in their way Mm -hmm. that it that it makes it much harder for them to jump those obstacles. It
2: does, but I think it's doable. Mm -hmm. My generation did not fix this. We did Mm -hmm. a pretty good job at Cisco on our Mm -hmm. board of directors, senior Mm -hmm. leadership, gender Mm -hmm. diversity, et cetera. But uh, in terms of the total mix, as you know, we flatlined out as a country Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the number of female CEOs and mix of the high tech companies Mm -hmm. on gender. In India, with one of the startups, all they did was require for every opening one female to be yeah, interviewed. This,
1: that's a new thing in California. And it went border. from
2: 24 to 34%. Yeah. So this generation of millennials can fix it if you just give them the nudge. I, I and the never thought I think legislation would
1: fix this, but at this point I'm like, it's, it's either like, for just on no. gender alone, it's either women are stupider or it's sexism. And I don't think women are stupider. So. Well,
2: you're 54% of the college graduates right. and I learned a long time no, ago you're smarter. Yeah, at this and point I, don't I think, say that what do you hitting. think of the
1: legislation about boards? Well,
2: I don't think you, legislation's not the way to solve this. No, it hasn't I, I think by solved. the time the government goes at it, you got a real problem. Yeah. Diverse boards produce better results, got it. period. Diverse leadership produce better results, period. Right. You fix it in the startups. And yes, by yeah, the time, do. you know, you're talking to a person who worked on tax policy mm-hmm. for 17 years. By mm-hmm. the time the government does something, it's too late, and they, they mess it up. Mm-hmm. So I think they've got to create an environment. But companies have to also own this. Mm-hmm. This isn't about just making profits. It's about mm-hmm. doing the right things and having inclusion as right. part of your culture. Yeah. But it's the startups that solve this. If that's where all the jobs are going to be created, which yep. it will, that's a fair point. then go fix it there.
1: Yeah. yeah. I was talking to a CEO, and he's like, well, it can't just be about doing the right thing. I'm like, why? I was like, why not? Why not? Why can't it be you're out doing the right That's thing?
2: That's the values I teach. Yeah. When I talk yeah. about culture, I try to encourage people to put customers first. Mm-hmm. The CEO, she or he's got to own the culture and then just do the right thing. I was on uh, a video conference with a young woman out of France, 25 employees in her company. She's got a tiger by the tail mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you know, how you change the workplace and mm-hmm. what do you do on this. And she focused on her culture and values. She yeah. would not have done that originally, but last right. time I, mm-hmm. I mentored her when I was in France, mm-hmm. I said, here's what I want to cover the next time we're together and yeah. here's the approach. So I, I'm really optimistic Optimistic about right. the future, but I think it's going to be the millennials who fix it.
1: Yeah, let's hope. Anyway, Jacques, I really appreciate it. <laughs>
2: ah, it's a pleasure. It's been too long. We have to do Absolutely. this more often. Absolutely,
1: I have a lot of questions. I want to. I'm going to France with you. I'm coming to France with you. Okay. Anyway, it was great. The food's good too. I hear it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find more episodes of Recode Decode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you didn't like the interview vous and cochon oh, how's that, do you know what that means? a pig if you just want to say hi, <laughs> tweet at me I'm Kara Swisher on Twitter I like pigs, just uh-huh. fine now that you're done with this, go and check out the latest episode of Recode Media you can find that show wherever you found this one thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode and thanks to our editor Joel or our producer Eric Johnson I'll be back here on Saturday tune in then Support
0: for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus.